if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, also known as That Sex Chick. And if you haven't guessed it by now, I love talking about sex. Not only talking about it, but I'm obsessed with helping you create an epic sex life while cultivating deeply fulfilling relationships. There's so much more to the conversation than just the act of sex itself, which is why I created this podcast. You can expect this show to be packed with resources, advice, experts, and everyday people talking about how they have created the best sex and love lives for them. If you are ready to take responsibility for your pleasure, then you are in the right place. Now, let's go talk sex, shall we? This is a Soulfire production. Hello, my loves. Joining me on the show today, I have Dustin Garrick. Dustin is the author of the best-selling book, The Evolved Masculine, Be the Man the World Needs and the One She Craves. He's also the founder and CEO of The Evolved Masculine, a pioneering coaching and training company for men. As an international speaker and host of The Evolved Masculine podcast, Destin is dedicated to redefining and evolving masculinity for the 21st century. Today, we'll be diving deep into topics like what it takes to evolve your masculinity, how you can achieve sexual self-mastery, as well as how to understand the feminine. I was so grateful to Destin for coming on to the show, especially since literally a couple of weeks before he was on the show, he watched his wife give birth in their home to their second baby. 
and he made his exit from his new baby bubble and had this really delicious conversation with me. And I just loved every single thing about it. And there were numerous times where I was nearly brought to tears and there was so much truth I could feel in my, in the depths of my soul with what he was saying. And I'm just so grateful he came onto the show and it just gives me all the feels knowing that all of you get to enjoy it now. So here we go. Conversation with Dustin Garrick. Enjoy y'all. Dustin, thank you so much for coming on to that Sex Chick, the podcast. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to connect with you, Alexa. I know. I mean, you've been on my radar since I very first started and I can't remember how it happened or how it went down, but I remember you were a beloved guest on my very first podcast, the one that I the one that I affectionately at that time in my life, I look back on it with a lot of affection. And I'm like, I tried to do way too many things at one time. And the podcast Kaleidoscope Radio, for those of you who do not know, I had a show a couple of years ago called Kaleidoscope Radio. It ran for two seasons and Dustin was one of the guests. And he actually had a show that was one of the most downloaded shows at the time. But at that time, I was trying to do way too many things on the content front. So for those of you who are aspiring sex coaches or are already sex coaches, learn from that mistake that I speak about pretty frequently, which is do less. So right now, the podcast, this podcast that you're listening to, I launched this one with heaps more intentionality and with the intention for this to be a big part of my brands and my business. And so when I was uh, planning out all the content and who I wanted to be a guest, I took a look at my previous guest for Kaleidoscope Radio and I thought, okay, these few, they have to come back on to the new show, which is That Sex Chick. So Destin was on that very short list. Thank you for coming back. I'm sure that over the last couple of years, some of the questions that I'm going to ask you, I probably asked then, then, but you have evolved. See what I did there? As we are all evolving, and I'm yeah. sure that you have new ways of thinking and new ways of feeling and believing when it comes to masculine, feminine dynamics, how men and women interact with each other, relate to each other. And so I want to dive right on in with, uh, let's see. I was going to jump right on into my first question, but I like to maybe, maybe give a little insight to the audience as to who you are and like a really fast trajectory um, or a really fast rundown of bullet points. How did Dustin Garrick become the evolved masculine that he is? Uh, sure. So first of all, I don't consider myself the evolved masculine. The evolved masculine to me is an idea. It's uh, an archetype. Uh, it's something that. Uh, it helps guide my path and something that has been incredibly valuable to me in my journeys and have found that it is very valuable to many other men as well. Uh, a quick rundown. Um, grew up in a very volatile uh, household, broken home. A high school sweetheart was raped and I was the first person she told. And it had clearly a massive impact on her, but a pretty major impact on me as well. Somewhere around... 18 years old, I made a decision that I was going to do everything I could in my life to create a world where things like this didn't happen anymore. That set me off on a very long and windy path. Uh, that was 24 years ago. <laughs> but it also led me to 
distrust other men, distrust masculinity, including my own, and distrust men's sexuality most of all. So being a boy on the cusp of manhood, uh, I ended up dealing with this by disconnecting a lot from these parts within myself. I retreated much more into the feminine parts of myself because they seemed safer. Um, fast forward 10 years of going on this trajectory, and I was a bit of a mess, believe it or not. And I, I felt like I was here to do something. I wanted to like do something valuable in the world. And yet I could barely keep a roof over my head and wasn't doing anything. And I was in love with a woman who uh, uh, I was in relationship with, living with, but I put her up on this pedestal and myself in a way weaker position and didn't understand why things wouldn't work. So I ended up uh, getting the sense that both of these things were tied up in my relationship with or disconnect with my masculinity. And I set forth for 2007, this tells you how long ago it was, to be the year that I actively explored my masculinity and what it means to me to be a man in this world. It proved to be a radical transformational journey, so much more than I ever imagined. People who knew me before, during, and after speak of it as if I became a different person. Initially, living in the Bay Area, I create, uh, which was seeped in uh, Burning Man culture, I, uh, I created a larger-than-life persona, an archetype uh, preceding my evolved masculine exploration that mm -hmm. I dubbed the erotic rock star. And uh, I remember this coming up, like when I first, when you first came out and, you know, appeared. I wish you would have met him. <laughs> and, and like looking it up, I'm like, who's this erotic rock star guy? You know, just like Googling you and looking it up. And anyway. Yeah. Awesome. But I mean, at this point, I'm nearly as long out of it as I was in it. I was in, it was a seven year chapter. And I mm -hmm. took those two phrases of erotic and rock star, two words of phrase. Um, and I pushed each of them as far as I could. And my life got more and more erotic, more and more sexy. And it got more and more rock star, more larger than life, more like uh, decadent, hedonistic. Uh, <laughs> um, Sounds uh, great to fully me. Ex fully expressed, uh, drug fueled <laughs> at points. You name it, very little sleep, lots of pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and um and it was really fantastic until it wasn't mm -hmm. i hit a point where there were diminishing returns where i literally lived out my every fantasy and many that i could never have imagined prior and started to feel like now what okay i've proved that i could do this i proved that if i want to to take a woman every uh a different woman home every night of the week i did uh that i could so is this what i want I could, when suddenly you go from scarcity to overabundance, it can lead you to the question of like, so what, what do I really want? And, you know, I had a pretty major journey around that spiritual path, went to India, all stuff and uh, lots of stuff. Mom died, uh, got into a massively toxic, abusive relationship. I got her pregnant. I wanted to keep it. She aborted it. That was devastating. Da, 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 da. My drive for family shot through the roof. And um, uh, I had a health crisis and I let the erotic rock star die. Let him go. That was hard. 
And then it's like, well, what can come after that? I mean, I don't want to feel like the best is behind me. Right. Uh, Your magnum opus of life. Yeah, no, fuck that. I'm not going to be like done at 36. Just roll over and read the newspaper (laughs) or something. So like, how do I beat that? And uh, yeah, piece by piece, I ended up coming together with this notion of the evolved masculine that really took the best of everything that I learned as the erotic rock star with all the things I could really only understand through hindsight. And um, I spent some years really building out this this vision and idea of who he is. And I'm happy to share, share a link with your listeners or where they could hear my kind of transmission already uh, my plan. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm, our, I'm also on a mission to get your message into the minds incepted into the minds of more people, whoever will listen. Oh, thank you. It's proved to be very, very powerful. Um, yeah, there's something, I think that there's something to the fact that my journey was difficult. It's not just, oh, I have an easy relationship to my masculinity here. Just be like me. It's like, no, I had a horribly difficult time, like finding my connection to my masculinity, understanding it, understanding what it was, seeing so many different uh, messages as to what this is supposed to be and all that is supposedly you're supposed to be and all the things that you're not supposed to be and all the mixed messages that seem to be like, wait, on one hand, I'm being told I'm supposed to be this, but at the same time being told, don't be this. And, ah, what do I do? Right. What did I do? I, I fucking tested everything. That's what I did. <laughs> this the split testing of life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I challenged ideas from what we'll call the more conservative or right wing of, of this country. I challenged the ideas of the more left wing progressive notions of this country. And I found what felt like a deeper truth, at least for me. powerful. And I think that's why so many people like to learn from you. Uh, I mean, one of many reasons why people would like to learn from you, women, men, all types of people. And that's because it wasn't easy, which is very relatable. Like, oh, you had to human in order to get to these (laughs) ideals. Sign me up, you know, because somebody that just like comes out, like you said, that is like, oh, I have a great relationship with it. It's like, you can't possibly know my struggles. Yeah, I, I think that the fact that my journey with it was so incredibly difficult, um, it, it helps where no matter who comes to me, I'm like, yeah, no worries. Like I, I was yeah. more fucked up. <laughs> if I, I mean, could, if it's, a, if, it, if it's a contest, I will win. You can try me. Yeah. And, like, and, and just like, if I can, you can, you know, and sure. it, it's not about you becoming like me. It really is like, even in this Evolved Masculine Blueprint, the thing I want to share a bit, while I lay out a vision of the Evolved Masculine as, as I see it, it, it's really to act as a starting point for you. Uh, there's a, a writing prompt at the end for you to start to explore, like, what does your Evolved Masculine look like? What does this mm-hmm. ultimately mean for you? What are the attributes, the principles, the values that that holds for you? Um, both that which you already feel like, yeah, I got this, as well as that which you, you want or you strive towards. Mm. So how would you define masculinity today? Uh, I'm going to speak of it in regards to what I refer to as the evolved masculine. In many ways, the evolved masculine is a counterpoint 
or a reaction to uh, the rise of this conversation around toxic masculinity. Well, we've been getting a message for years now about all that is wrong with masculinity and the ways in which men have behaved. Um, I've, I learned through my own journey that just seeing what's wrong with it is not the end solution. It can be part of it, but if that's, if that's the sole conversation, you're going to create problems. There's just going to be different problems. So we need a model that we can be inspired by and strive towards. So at its root, this is the kind of new thing I want to share with you. I really come to believe that the root difference with the evolved masculine is the relationship to the feminine. It's the root difference. Historically, with toxic masculinity, the patriarchy, what have you, the feminine has been denigrated. It's been seen as something to dominate and to control. And while it, it's very possible to play some fun games in this direction, mm -hmm. that, that, that's still very different from simply believing that, that women are, and the feminine in general is inherently less than the masculine. That the ma masculine is the default by which we build the world, we see the world, it is what's normal. And we learn this as men, first and foremost, within ourselves. We learn as children, anything that can be remotely connected to femininity, we learn to snuff out within ourselves, to kill off, to suppress. Because otherwise, you're, you're weak, you're a sissy, you're, what are you, a fucking faggot? You throw like a girl, etc. And this damages us as men. It damages us in untold ways, and it, it, it inhibits our ability to have healthy relationship. Because when we have that relationship to the, when our, our initial learning to relate to the feminine is one of negativity, we cannot help but externalize that and, and see her as less as well. And everyone listening, take a big deep breath in. <laughs> and sigh it out and i believe there are so many people that will go yep so i want to speak a little bit more about that around like uh the gift so retreating into my feminine for so many years fucked me up it did but it also left me with gifts that i'm incredibly grateful for and quite honestly this is an aspect that i don't hear enough of you know there's a lot of men's work these days on one hand Awesome. I've been in this game a really long time. When that started happening roughly five years ago, it felt like a win. Like this is finally happening. Um, and there can still be such a focus on men, get into your masculine, learn how, how, how to develop your masculine, which don't get me wrong. Great. Cultivate your masculine. But it doesn't have to be at the expense of your feminine because you do have feminine within just as you, Alexa, and every woman listening to this does have masculine within. The most feminine, ultra-feminine woman that you've seen or met has masculine parts of herself. The most masculine man that you know has feminine parts of himself, in including parts that he tries to hide from the world. Mm -hmm. And so healthy integration, there's nothing that you need to hide. There's nothing that you need to be ashamed of. There's nothing you need to push down or repress. 
Because having a relationship to your feminine and even, even embracing your feminine does not need to be at the expense of your masculinity. Cultivating and strengthening your masculinity doesn't have to be at the expense of your feminine. Your feminine, when I speak of it in this way, is your, your emotions, your felt sense, your body, your ability to flow with the moment. Um, uh, so much more, but I'm speaking very fast. And, and they, these, these are elements that a lot of men really struggle with. We have skyrocketing rates of suicide amongst men, particularly like five times the rates of women, because we don't know how to be with our feelings. Mm-hmm. We so we drown them in alcohol and opiates, porn, social media. <laughs> we numb ourselves so we don't have to feel because it's not safe to feel. It's dangerous. And then, quite frankly, since I'm on that sex chick show, it makes you a crappier lover. Or to put it conversely, when you learn how to feel, you become a better lover because. A, then the sensations, the pleasure, the blowjob you're receiving, what have you, you're able to actually feel and experience it more fully rather than just be a head trip, which is what sex is for so many men. It's a fucking head trip. They're trying to figure out the thing to do. They're trying to figure out how to clamp down and last longer. We'll get to that in a moment. They're trying to figure out how to, what's the right combination of buttons to press on her in Uh order to have an orgasm to pop out. (laughs) And the best sex, true intimacy, real passion does not take place from figuring it out. It's from being present in your body and being with this moment feeling what she's wanting rather than trying to figure out and think about what she might want. So that's where my podcast people press pause and then take what you said and put it on a graphic. (laughs) 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 When it's that good shit like that, like, Oh, and it is the truth, right? I was just having, I mentioned Kenneth when we first got got on the call, but I had him as a guest facilitator, a guest coach in one of my groups very recently. And he was talking about, so one of the, one of my students asked about lasting longer or, or even it was one of my female students that was asking, how can I assist my partner in lasting longer? And, um, it was, he went in to describe and talk about how, men oftentimes, like you just said, clinch and bear down and very much this like buttons, what lever to push and what button to press and what, and then the orgasm pops out. Um, that was very much a part of the conversation too. And the lack of presence and well, that particular conversation kept going and then eventually led to when we started talking about prostate play and all of that. And then how, um, male body. So a person who has typically been in that dominate control lover position, then winds up potentially going into a more submissive role so that they can feel on a different level and be mm-hmm. vulnerable in a different level because how, you know, and the whole Dom sub thing, like if you really want to know how to be a next fucking level Dom, learn how to be a great sub. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to say something a little uh, uh, controversial on that level as well. Go for it. <laughs> you want to be a, uh, you want to be a better penetrator, know what it's like to be penetrated. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
And yes, and penetrate in this regard. I mean, that you can, whatever doesn't necessarily need to be body orifices, but we're speaking specifically to body orifices. You want to be a bit of penetrator? No words like to be penetrated. <laughs> Play it again. It's so incredibly fucking vulnerable and you do not know it until you had an embodied experience. And when you do have it, when you do know through embodied experience, of course, how you, how you approach the, 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 the body who you are about to put into that incredibly vulnerable experience, you're going to, you're going to do it a little different. Right. Well, then you might understand <laughs> a little bit better, a little bit deeper, why some of her reactions are the yeah. way that they are. Yeah. It is very vulnerable and, and understanding what, what needs to be present for you to be penetrated. Yeah. You know, and if you're not providing that for her, well then, you know, yeah. <sighs> Interesting stuff. I love this so much. So what would you say is the biggest opportunity for growth um, for today's masculine? I see you rubbing your face. <laughs> it's, it's a big question. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I've built out a larger and larger body of work to answer that question. <laughs> um So, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go here, um, largely just because we haven't touched it yet. Uh, one of the big areas I really like to, uh, teach men about is what I call sexual attunement. Attunement. Um, attunement really means being able to, to feel into the subtleties of what is going on around you, including what is going on in the person in front of you, the lover in front of you. And in order to be able to feel the subtleties of what she is experiencing, and respond accordingly, you have to first be able to feel what is going on in your own body on a subtle level. And so you can cultivate that. One of the uh, kind of my bread and butter of my business is our sexual self-mastery training, mm -hmm. uh, sexual self-mastery. And it, uh, it, it is a foundational piece of it. Like the, the practices that, that we work with teach you to come into your body and to, to feel things that are happening. Let me actually come. Um, pull back a moment. We were talking about how men can clench down and mm -hmm. uh, to to try to not ejaculate. They clench and and try. It's like try to numb themselves. Try not to feel and just just push on through to get through right. it to, to right. do what's expected of them. And quite frankly, this is how a lot of men move through life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, they just like let me just like hunker down and just like push, just plow through. And it's doable, but you miss out on so much of the beauty and pleasure of life. And so my argument is that uh, while the myth is you're coming sooner than you want because you're too sensitive, the reality is you're coming sooner than you want because you're not sensitive enough. There are things that are happening in your body that you are unaware of. And by cultivating that sensitivity to feel what is happening on in your body on a subtle level, you can start to notice these little things that are happening that have always been happening. You just probably weren't noticing it that are actually driving you towards ejaculation. And that once you're aware of them, you can start to make little changes so that you don't drive towards ejaculation when you're not wanting to. So don't think about grandma. <laughs> or try to say the alphabet backwards. Is that what you're saying? It's not my recommendation. It <laughs> is 
you know, it's, it may do something for you, but it's not what, it's certainly not what your lover wants. No. Your lover doesn't want you to go away. Exactly. wants to feel you and she wants to feel you feeling her. You're not doing that when you're thinking about grandma and dead puppies. <laughs> I wasn't going to say the dead puppies. <laughs> I said the alphabet backwards. You went there. Yeah. Um, so let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, that, that hits. All right, fine and good. Now what? What would be an example of a way that someone, let's say someone's listening and they struggle with coming too quickly. Um, Just to use kind of follow on that example, what would be something tangible that you could give them now to chew on or maybe do that would help them with that? You got, uh, first of all, contact me and join our next sexual self-mastery training. That, uh-huh. that, that'll, that'll really do it. Links in the show um, notes, y'all, as usual. <laughs> but the, uh, is what I call the two easy tools. If you're like most men, as you get more and more aroused, your breathing becomes more shallow and more rapid. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, or you even start <laughs> Oh, <to> God. <laughs> or you even start to hold your breath. Right. At the same time, chances are your musculature starts to tighten up more and more, especially your groin, your, your PC muscles, mm-hmm. your inner thighs, your butt, and your abs. They're all kind of squeezing in tighter and tighter. Those two things are great if you want to ejaculate, because that's just what it's going to make you do. Uh, it's like creating a smaller and smaller container for the sexual energy within you. And that sexual energy needs to move and do something. So it's going to do something. It's going to pop out. Nice thing is, while those things may be happening unconsciously, you can take conscious control of them. You can intentionally shift them. So train yourself to slow down and deepen your breath and relax into the face of pleasure rather than tensing in the face of pleasure. Particularly focusing on extending your exhale. And with your exhale, you can even think the words like, Release, relax, let go. And let go of, of the, this musculature. That may be easier said than done. It may take some practice. I'd actually recommend that you practice doing these uh, exercises, not just when, oh my God, I'm about to come. What did that crazy guy say on that podcast? Release, uh, tense up, let it go. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. No, I got one of them wrong. <laughs> Fuck, it's too late. Next time, babe. Uh, so, so practice now. Practice when on your own in masturbation. Practice in lower states of arousal so that when you are in those high, higher states of arousal, it's easy because you've already trained yourself to be able to do so. Mm-hmm. It does sound like that. A little shudder. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, if you're a man who, who like, you're normally fine, but then it, when she starts to really get going and she starts to get really close, you tend to blow just before she does. And then she's left high and dry and like, oh, again, uh, there's a good chance she's in training you to her orgasmic response and to her, to her physiological response. So while she is going into more shallow and rapid breathing and she is uh, tensing her muscles up, your body is responding in the same way. Even though you a moment before you weren't feeling like you were gonna come, 
Her body goes into it. Your body follows. Right. Her service sucks you even a little (laughs) bit further in. Your bodies are doing the biological thing. Give it to me. There's something really, there's something really beautiful about coming at the same time. However, if you're not using a condom and whatever, whatever your state of affairs are between you and that other person, that's not always going to happen. The coming. There's also a difference between coming at the same time and coming just before her where now she's left like, uh, (laughs) yes. So part of why someone would want to learn these tools well, I was going to say yeah. tips or tricks. It's not really, it's, it's tools, life tools. It's part of that is because you can take that and extrapolate, extrapolate that and, and look at that same concept about releasing or surrendering, or, uh, I love what you said, leaning into the face of pleasure. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. That is so vulnerable and scary for so many people, especially mm-hmm. today when our bodies, I feel like are primed to be, uh, in various states of stress response <laughs> without any kind of true release. So, yeah. um, so anyway, so you can look at that and, and people are, uh, of course, the perk would be that you have better sex or that you are more inclined to give the gift of orgasm to your partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, though, I'm, I'm curious what you would, would say, how else does this relate for people or how else, even just outside of sex specifically, yeah. how else can that enhance someone who is leaning into evolving their masculinity. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, I, I tend to think of sexual self-mastery as found, as a foundation of life mastery itself. Mm-hmm. That's it's about learning how to hold more energy, more intensity, more sensation within your body, within your being, depending on the type of partner that you tend to have, you may find that she or he, they, for that matter, have times where they're emotionally intense. How do you handle it? How are you in those moments? Do you collapse in the face of them? Do you react in the face of them? Do you run away in the face of them? Or are you able to just be with and hold it? That's, that's a practice. That was a huge challenge for me and honestly a huge motivating force for me uh, on my journey. Um, so that's one major area. Uh, two is just life is challenging, not always there's brief moments where it's <laughs> just pleasurable or easy <laughs> but it can also be extraordinarily difficult it can be incredibly intense how do you show up through those how tense are you in in that how much do you put on that armor and just feel like you got to push through and get through it how much are you able to feel it and be with it and be relaxed in the face of it and enjoy even this intensity i've recently gotten into wim hof's uh, work. I know your fiance. Uh, oh, you said exploring. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he loves all the rapid breathing stuff. I, which I go more towards the path of slow, rhythmic, cyclical using your nose. Jordan's like the most intensity I can get, the better. <laughs> yeah, so they, I'm a big fan of yes and both. Same. Uh, we do both. Both of us do both. And uh, so I've been, uh, I've done seven ice baths. Uh, tomorrow's my eighth. And In a row? Uh, uh, no, just total. Just total, um, okay. And uh, I think it's over the past two months, probably. Do you get in the sauna first? No, I get, no. I get in the sauna get, after. Get in the sauna first, then get in the ice bath, then get back in the sauna. If you can, 
Why? It's so good. It's so good. So we do to yeah. throw us off, but we go to a place here in uh, Austin called Ocean Lab, uh-huh. and we'll go into the sauna. And we'll go in for like 40 minutes. It's an infrared sauna. We'll go 30, 40 minutes. And then we'll go outside into the troughs and they'll be filled. The last time I got in it, there was majority ice, almost no water. It was so cold and went straight into it. And then immediately went back into the sauna and the way that my body was just discharging. It it, Mm. it just feels so good. Like Mm. I meditated for a month on my ride home. I was like, this feels so good. Anyway. It, it all feels good. And you can just keep adding layers. You know, Jordan is biohacker extraordinaire. So awesome. Awesome. I'd love, so anyway. love to hear. I'm going to bring this back to uh, the point I was making is yeah. that, uh, you know, when I discover new things like this, I do it through the lens of everything that's brought me here. Uh, so, so, um, I, I love getting into the ice bath and relaxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that initially the first time I did it and lasted two minutes the first time I, you know, I armored up, I, everything clenched and I'm like force of will pushing till the two minute timer went off. Um, (laughs) Get out. I did it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And now it's how quickly uh, and now it's probably about 10 seconds can I overcome that initial kind of clench that I still am going into when I first step in and Mm. and practice being relaxed in my breath and my musculature. And now I can cross 10 minutes um, in it every time. That's incredible. I'm at a, I'm at three. I'm at a happy three minutes. Mm. Jordan likes to cultivate that warrior spirit mm. and he'll get in there for a crazy long length of time. You know what that reminded me of? Have you, did you watch your wife birth one or both babies? I was a big part of both of them. Yes. Both babies. <laughs> so I haven't birthed a baby, mm-hmm. but I have one friend that just did. And I have one about to, and is prepping for home birth and all of that. And so I have, and I know that it's in my timeline. So Wonderful. it's a perpetual three year timeline. So every year that goes by, <laughs> it's still three years. So anyway, uh, I have been preparing and gearing because I am not one of those people that's just like, oh, I can't wait to be a mom. I'm also not one of those people that's like, I can't wait to be a wife. Like everything about this traditional woman journey, maiden into mother and crone and all that is just like, no, no, I short circuit a little. I'm like, oh, I'm nervous. Let's get back to that whole thing about learning to surrender. Yeah, uh. yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So in preparation, this is what I've told myself. I just need more information. <laughs> so I'm like reading the book Spirit Babies right now. And then I'm um, watching these people on Instagram. And one of my friends would always send me like YouTube videos and things of like free births. And all, just mm. I am opening up to the ideas. Yeah. And, um, and there's one in one book in particular that I was listening to for a hot minute, um, called Ina May's guide to childbirth or something like that. And yeah, my the, wife's a fan of her. what is it? 
My wife is a fan of her. Yeah. Yeah. So I hear lots of people that are really into her work, but I think about one of the hardest things a human body can go through. One of the most traumatic, one of the most like intensely, intensely painful. Yeah. I'm is, sure the ice bath is fucking nothing comparatively. Well, unassisted. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I mean like the unassisted childbirth. So, but, but what I'm getting at is the instruction, right? You will have a longer labor generally speaking, you will have a harder time with childbirth if you clench, if you bear down in a way that I I resist the pain. It's really interesting because that brings you back to when you said lean into the face of pain, but it's also at times lean into the face of lean into the face of pleasure and also lean into the face of pain. 100%. And it's yeah. like a full surrender. And it's the same even kind of breathing, essentially. What is it? Are we having the BDSM kink talk now or, 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 or birth as a kink experience? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the pain pleasure threshold threshold, you know, there was, so my, my friend that I mentioned that just had her baby, baby's about five months old. Now she watched a birth every day that did not, that the word pain wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So that she could like start wrapping her head around it. It was like a full on journey that she went on to try and prep herself for this birth. And the baby wound up being premature, born a month early. And Mm -hmm. it was, it, it went in a different direction than she was mentally preparing herself for, but she very much went. So here's my recommendation to you. This is actually from my wife and um, I'm very glad that uh, she, she's a a birth educator through um, birthing from within. um, Oh, amazing. Set of modality. And, um, the preparation really is for anything. Yeah. Be prepared. For, it could, you, you could put years into preparing for your uh, home birth, uh, water, tub, uh, orgasmic birthing Peaceful. experience, and then end up with an emergency C-section. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what you can set an intention and do that preparation, but be prepared to be able to flow with however this baby wants to enter this world. This is not my intention of what we're speaking about today, but my second child is only six weeks old. So it's not too surprising. So I also will just mention to everyone listening, did you just hear what he said? All about birth. (laughs) That's the evolved masculine, in my opinion, like how you just said, like, I can just imagine you showing up in the face of, like your wife is about to bring new life and the respect and the reverence and the, like you, it sounds very much like you participated in that experience. And that's fucking awesome. You know? Well, I I think that part of it, this is where I I actually like where we're talking about this, that (laughs) this has to do with, again, the relationship to the feminine. Mm -hmm. Um, This is such an incredible opportunity to be in awe of the feminine, not just respect the feminine, be in awe of woman and what she's capable of. And uh, if there's anything that showcases it, it is this uh, pregnancy and birth. Uh, I've really come to, I'm being so deep in it and witnessing it and witnessing my wife particularly and how she navigates it. It's really helped me see and understand like, you know, these conversations around uh, the, the patriarchy, for, mm-hmm. for example, and how some people just don't even get, get it. 
and um, or don't even believe in it. And I think that a lot of that is because it's the, it, you know, we're fish in water. It's hard for us to understand, like, this is normal. Like, you know, the, like what we know is what we know. Um, but if we if we lived in a truly matriarchal society, uh, let alone a balanced one, let's just go in the two extremes for a moment. Mm-hmm. Our whole societies and life itself would be centered around uh, pregnancy, birth, and raising of children. That would be the center of life. It is the most profound fucking human experience. Profound. And <laughs> ayahuasca's got nothing. <laughs> it, it is, it's like an ayahuasca experience uh, centered around a, a woman. She is the portal bringing it forward and work and productivity would be built around that center in our patriarchal male masculine driven society. Society is built around work and productivity. And then we fit family, pregnancy, childbirth in the spaces around that. That is a core distinction. (sighs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> these are, again these are not necessarily the things i was expecting to speak about but the, these they are very present for me right now again being 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 a new father again my uh daughter is turning three next month and my son was just born six weeks ago um it has absolutely changed my life uh it i think the impact is different, um, arguably greater. I don't. It's hard to say for for women in that journey from uh, maiden to mother, as you said. Um, yeah. But a, as a man, what I can say is it is a rite of passage. There, it particularly if you allow it, there is life before and there is life after. Not just life. There's who you are before and who you are after. And as I speak of it, I I felt like I was somewhat prepared because I'd been through ego death before I'd had the, I'd had the experience already of everything that I thought of myself as be becoming completely obliterated as I need to put myself together again as something, someone entirely new this time with becoming a father, it was doing that while my partner, my wife, my beloved is doing it, is doing the same where she's experiencing her own ego death where I need to to let go of my entire identity, but also let go of who the woman that I fell in love with ceased to exist. She became a different version of herself. And I chose to fall in love with this new version of her. And I don't think that we have those types of concepts or conversation really out there. And I know it's... It, it challenges so many men because it's like, well, where, where'd she go? If you cling to who she was, just as if you cling to past versions of yourself, you're going to be experiencing pain and suffering and disappointment. What is here? Who is she? What is, what is wanting to unfold in this moment? How can you embrace that and thrive within that? While I also don't ever want to leave this conversation, <laughs> I am, I can't wait to take part of this conversation and bring it to Jordan. So, you know, Jordan's deep in men's work too. He, I have a weekly women's group that I am a part of. He has 
one, two, and then he runs one virtually that he's a part of. And I love this conversation. I love it. It's so real for me where I am in my journey and with the people that are in my close, I would say my inner cabinet, uh, the people that I am, uh, so closely connected to. And it's so refreshing. You know, I'm from the deep South in Louisiana and the, the vast majority of the people that I will have conversations with about partnership relationship, about becoming a mother, all of that is completely and totally different. And I am so grateful to people like you. And in this moment, I'm feeling especially grateful to Jordan, um, mm. because he is willing to have these conversations and then take it as a bridge. Cause he very much resonates with bridge. I mean, his handle on all the socials is conscious bro. He is very much still the bro, Mm -hmm. but I love that he will take a conversation like this and package it in a way Mm -hmm. that helps to plant the seeds in so many men in his space, um, in their lives so that their partnerships in there, this is like the, this is the deepest of the deep work, I think. Um, and I fucking love this. And you know that I wanted to end on like how you felt about femininity and all of that. So I'm so glad that it turned into what it turned into because it's really fucking special. And hearing these kinds of conversations that are, are so super rare, you know, I'm having them internally with some of my friendships and now hearing this from you, me as someone who, like I said, isn't the person that's like, you know, I have my Pinterest board of what I will be like when I become a mother. I'm like clenching onto clenching, see, clenching again <laughs> onto like who I believe I am and the single ideal uh, person that I believe that I am and that I believe like the people in my community believe that I am. And um, it's really through hearing these conversations, especially like coming from a single, single military mom. Mm. Um, I always believed I would have to do it myself, no matter what the thing was. So Mm. single military mom, you can probably imagine what my, my connection to masculinity is with, I mean, my inner masculine, that's easy. I got that. I actually made my office pink just so I could try to trick myself. It's a... I fake it till you make it. No, fake it till you become it kind of thing. I'm like, I'm going to have everything be rose, rose gold and soft and put plants so that I can like help cultivate that more, more and more. So, um, it's through these conversations and all of that, that really helps like, cause I, I definitely do feel deep purpose in becoming a mother, especially with codes or the, the way that I show up in the world. I, I believe it deep down that bringing, bringing in, uh, the next generation, you know, through some, through someone like me and like Jordan is a part of the bigger purpose. And have you heard of the book spirit babies when I mentioned it earlier? No, no. So it is about a clairvoyant who, um, reads auras and all these things and has been for many, 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 many years. And then all of a sudden, uh, he eventually over time called them spirit babies, but would see the spirit of babies of a a person's future baby in their aura Mm. and very interesting. Of course it is pretty far out there. So some of you that are listening, you know, you got to just take it with a grain of salt. It's either for you or not. And that's fine. And I'm actually going to say something publicly here that I have not said, but I started reading spirit babies and then I took gram and a half of mushrooms and I met ours in the form of a damselfly, which (laughs) I was not expecting. And I went on a roller coaster of emotion 
And well, on psychedelic mushrooms, surrender is your only option. So, <laughs> and so, yeah, I just, it feels magical and mystical. And I love hearing you say things like be in awe of the woman. Like I almost want to tear up just hearing that. It's like, fuck, how different all of our lives would be if the men around us looked at us in awe and we didn't feel like we had to constantly strive to be more like a man so that we could be respected, so that we could be admired, so that we could be worth loving and, you know, to strive to be like a man so that we can be respected and loving and all of that has us literally turn away from the things that make us awe-inspiring and yeah. make us desirable as well. And like somebody that you want to fuck all the time. And so, and us turning to those things that will get us more respected and all of that has us not wanting to fuck you, generally speaking. So I love what you said. This is a really I just the whole, I, I want to pause for a moment because I love what you just said. Oh. <laughs> I, I um, yet yeah, encourage folks to just re-listen to Alexa's words. There, mm. it's 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 a crappy cycle that we've been uh, stuck in, and uh, for men, I think that this is this is the opportunity that we really have. The, the, I think the fear is um, the fear of taking on like an awe type of a uh, response is diminishment fear of of as a man losing myself losing my power being um engulfed um and it's possible don't get me wrong i've made that mistake before <laughs> um but there is a, a another path there is a, a way of um there is a way of I'm going to get a little boo in my, my language for a moment. Well, there is a way it. of worshiping the goddess that actually just calls you up into being the God. Oof. Yeah. So or just kidding. Like, that one's going to go in a graphic. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Put it in another language of, um, of uh, you can treat her like a queen as the servant at her feet, or you could treat her like a queen as the king at her side. Hmm. Uh, I loved everything about this conversation, Dustin. Thank you so much for having it with me. Likewise. Thank you so much, Alexa. Yeah. So everybody, just let us know if you were here for this convo, because it was very <laughs> dynamic. So leave a review, check out the show notes. If you want to get involved with Dustin's work and when his sexual self-mastery program is available or any of the things that he has going on, then you can check out the show notes. There's links to everything there. And then if you have any questions, feel free to message me directly. My team will respond. We'll get you in touch with Dustin and his team so that you can carry on evolving into your masculine or feminine or whatever resonates. <laughs> Dustin, thank you again. Thank you, Alexa. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.